Hello, my magical friends. My name is Ayumi. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and you're listening to Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. Whether it's your first or 49th time listening, we welcome you to our space to celebrate magical girls from every corner of the world. It's Creator Week! Before we get into today's topic, I wanted to remind you all that we will not talk about news or what I've been watching or reading until next Tuesday. There have been some items to discuss, but for today, we are just going to focus on our creator and her work. So, as many know, I didn't start to really dive deep into reading Magical Girl webcomics until after I started the podcast, much like how I didn't dive deep into a lot of shows I knew about but never got around to watching. Well, the comic we're focused on today is one that has been the talk of the town for a few years now, and that I felt very guilty about not having read for quite some time. Once I did, I immediately emailed the creator, Shauna J. Grant, and invited her to be on the podcast to talk about it. And I was so delighted that she agreed. Shauna is a real ray of sunshine, and her artwork also reflects that. The comic, Princess Love Poem, has been on hiatus for some time, as she is working on professional comics, but as you will hear in this chat today, she does want to get back to it. In the meantime, please read it. There are three and a half chapters, so for this conversation, it's best to have the full context of what has been put out there. And if you have children in your life, please consider her other Magical Girl comic, Mimi and Penelope, which is coming next year. Just from the art we've seen so far, it looks super cute, and I can't wait to see what other sparkly adorableness she will bring us in the future. Small content warning for discussions of depression and anxiety. And with that, let's move into our discussion with Shauna J. Grant about Princess Love Pong. So today we're going to be talking with the creator of Princess Love Pong. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi everyone, my name is Shauna J. Grant. My pronouns are she, her, and I am a cartoonist and illustrator and creator of Princess La Femme. Great, great. Um, so let's just start at the beginning. What is your history with the magical girl genre? Okay, so let's see. I am currently 32 and Sailor Moon, I remember watching when I was six years old. And that was pretty much my gateway into anime. And I've always loved Magical Girl since then. I still I still absolutely love it, especially Sailor Moon. It was just nice to have like a genre that was so female focused and also like, mm. you know, just powerful and friendship and magical girls are so good. <laughs> yes, yes, that's why we're all here. Cardcaptor Sakura, Princess Tutu. Um, I loved Pre-Tier, which I don't think many people talk about at all. Um, mm, I like yeah. Corrector Yui, which was like another kind of obscure one. 
Um, I love the magical girl shows like from the 80s and 70s, like Creamy Mommy and mm-hmm. um, Pastel Yumi. There's Madoka Magica and <laughs> I go why. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So you definitely have a very wide scope and a, a range of the different decades of magical girls as well. How did you find a lot of these series? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so with Sailor Moon and Cardcaptor Sakura, I definitely saw them on TV dubbed. And with mm. other stuff, it was like through manga. Like, I didn't mention Tokyo Mew Mew, but I used to collect the manga when Tokyo Pop was first publishing it. Mm. And so that was also one of my favorites growing up. And then stuff like Corrector Yui, I don't know how I found that one, I think. It was through trying to download anime theme songs on the internet <laughs> back in the day. Sure. And it was just like, oh, look at this anime. It's correct, really. It's kind of cute. And mm. I think I managed to buy like one copy of the manga one day. And oh, okay. I still have to like go back and actually finish reading it. But, um... <laughs> sure. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Obviously, like once you're outside of Japan, it becomes very limited what magical girls you can get access to but i think growing up in the age of the internet a lot of millennials like us were able to kind of just accidentally find a lot of stuff (laughs) yeah yeah it was really fun because like you really had to dig around and even when you found it it's not like you can find everything about it like it's so easy now (laughs) yeah definitely it's much easier now especially with things like fandom wikis and stuff it's easier for fans to find each other also, I think. Yes. Great. Can you tell us a bit about what Princess Love Pond is about? Yeah. So Princess Love Pond is a magical girl story about a high schooler named Leah Sagamore. And she's like, I don't know what I want to do in the future. You know, like everybody else seems like really cool, but I don't really have like any dreams to go for yet. And then one day she's literally hit in the head with her magical mascot called Honey. And Honey is like, hey, you have a pure heart. You can become the envoy of love, Princess Love Pond. And it's a story of Princess Love Pond trying to purify people's hearts and keep them safe from being eaten by the Dark Queen. Mm. I wanted to write um, a magical girl story that was like really focused around feelings and learning how to be empathetic to others and showing strength and femininity. Mm-hmm. I love your art style for Princess Love Pond. It's super cute. Like the color scheme is very fun because it's so bright. Like your darkest color is still a very like a muted dark pink, right? yeah yeah (laughs) would you say that's emblematic of your art style in general yeah absolutely like I really like making bright colorful art I like to joke and say I'm very inspired by like the Sonic Adventure 2 artwork and I just wanted to be clean and poppy you know but with pastels (laughs) sure that's a very interesting connection (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. having that aesthetic definitely also affects the whole mood of the series because even when it's getting mm-hmm. to those dark places it's still like this really lovely pastel purple kind of evil 
But yeah, it's very interesting. You have about, uh, I believe it's three and a half chapters up on your website now that uh, anyone yes. can read. Yeah. So uh, can you tell us more about your process, how you came to make Princess Love Pond? Yeah. So with Princess Love Pond, my whole goal in creating it was to make comics to show that I can draw comics. So it was kind of like a like a practice, you know, for fun sort of thing that just like really took off, which is really, really amazing. I'm so grateful for developing it. I was kind of like between making a magical girl story or doing a superhero parody comedy mm-hmm. sort of thing. And sure. um, I decided, you know what, I really want to draw something really, really cute and shoujo. And with the art style of it, I wanted it to look like the, um, how do you call the comic? Like when they release like ribbon and the really big phone book size collection <laughs> and all the pages are like different colors, like some comics are printed all in purple. We generally and... just call it like a magazine. <laughs> just a magazine? Okay. It's just a comic <laughs> magazine, yeah. That's my inspiration for having Prince of Love Pond like be mostly pink as I want it to look like the comics in the Japanese magazine. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and gosh, with the story, I believe I was like inspired by uh, my own feelings about stuff. Like um, mm-hmm. I've always dealt with a lot of anxiety that leads to depression. And sometimes it's like, man, wouldn't it be great if you could just like temporarily like take your heart out for a second and have like a break from feeling all this stuff. Mm. I kind of took that imagery and it became like my idea for the dark queen who goes after people's hearts who are overwhelmed with these you know negative emotions and I thought wouldn't it be cool to like have a story where the hero is just healing these hearts of those feelings and it's not that she like magically does it with her powers like love pun has to actually like talk to the person's hearts to help them through what they're going through Hmm. you know and give them that encouragement to see that yeah there still can be brighter days ahead and stuff and um I wanted to make a story that starred a black female character who was powerful but also shown you know to be like super feminine and super cute and fluffy because I feel like in media you don't really see black women just being able to like look innocent and sweet and Mm. you know and still be powerful so it was like really important for me to make love ponds like powers like really based around like you know love and empathy and yeah she has cute heart attacks and kisses monsters and you know and she still kicks butt doing it yeah Oh, yeah, I can definitely see that. Like, you know, you mentioned Princess Tutu is a show that you enjoyed. And I can definitely see Mm -hmm. the comparison between this story and Princess Tutu for sure. You know, with her talking through the feelings of the characters who are being played by the Dark Queen. It's always very sweet. And, you know, she's helping out mostly her friends, as we've seen so far. And it's a very, very cute story. And I think you definitely have uh, kind of done what you set out to do with this character and also just your art style in general. It's very, very soft and round and fluffy and sweet. And (laughs) it's just really, really fun to read and just look at visually as well. 
Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've had quite a few creators on as well who said the same thing about like trying to create that representation that they want to see in their own story. So I think that's really, really great. And I do think that, yeah, <laughs> Love Fun is such a, a very cute, magical girl. I think you really did what you set out to do. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like since Sailor Moon was so popular, especially like over in the West, like when a lot of people um, make magical girl stories, like it's definitely very much like a team. And I'm like, I really, I kind of want to do stuff like Princess Tutu and, and Carcaptor Sakura, where it's like that solo magical girl trying to like balance everything. Hmm. Do you prefer stories with only one magical girl? I'm not sure if it's like my preference or not. Hmm. It really depends on like the story. I like like really different stuff, you know, like I love Sailor Moon and I really mm -hmm. like Tokyo Mew Mew and stuff. I haven't really gotten into like the whole pretty cure, but uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I really liked how different Princess Tutu was. Mm. I saw Flip Flappers a couple years ago and I mm. really liked how that worked, which it was like a duo and yeah. um Man, I don't even know how you would explain the story for that. But really <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> I've heard that a lot about flip flappers. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I would personally say you probably will enjoy Pretty Cure when you get into it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I think it's very interesting because the dynamics of magical girls can change a whole lot depending on the number of them in the story. Mm -hmm. You know, I think especially these days. When you have a story that has just one magical girl, usually, at least if you start off with one, usually expect to see more join the team eventually, rather than have it just be a solo story. But that's very interesting that you decided to stick with just one. And I you know that that can also work well, of course, <laughs> yeah. as we saw with uh, two. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't really finished my Malfon story, but I did have plans to have more magical characters in the story mm -hmm. just not necessarily working alongside love pond okay that makes sense yeah <laughs> there are still a lot of mysteries about the story from what we have online yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get from you know like developing your story to actually releasing the story well releasing it wasn't so bad I guess when I was initially um putting Princess Love Pun up I actually used Tumblr and like oh, yeah. really cool made like a webcomic template that you could use on Tumblr so I put it there I recently moved it to its own hosting site now mm -hmm. and um there's a lot of resources out there online on how to post your webcomic and everything and mm. and nowadays you have apps like webtoons and tapas you know yeah. if you're up for doing like the vertical template comics so there's a lot of ways you could like publish comics so that's what I really really love about them like mm -hmm. I always feel like irregardless how you feel about your art at the end of the day like a good comic is about being able to tell like a good story so mm. you know you could still tell a good story with stick figures like people have done <laughs> it and published it mm -hmm. and that's okay you know so um 
promoting it on social media and stuff and etc <laughs> yeah yeah well uh your art is definitely a lot more than just stick figures <laughs> yeah each petal does look very great and like you said you know very uh polished so you mentioned already uh, princess tutu and so on but um do you have any mm-hmm. other direct influences for uh Lothan? let's see what other direct influences uh <laughs> Like, I always get to this, and then I'm like, wait, what was it? Let's see. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not, like, a super deep one, but, like, when I think of Leah's love interest, um, Louis, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I totally kind of designed him after Prince Gumball from Adventure Time. Oh, that's very <laughs> interesting. I did not put that together, but now that you say that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's a little, <laughs> it's a Mm, that's really interesting yeah that kind of also makes sense for your very like round art style oh now I have to like go through it again with that image in mind (laughs) (laughs) yeah um I like I like cartoons as much as I like anime and I watch a lot of cartoons now compared to anime Mm -hmm. mostly just because there's so many anime it's so hard to keep up with and I get a lot of comparisons, actually, with Steven Universe, which I totally... Oh, okay. It. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if I already started Love Pun by the time Steven Universe came out. I don't know what year that you started developing the story, but it's been quite a while since Steven Universe first came out, so... I can't believe it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then besides that, like, a lot of influence also just came from, like, my experience um, growing up in New York City and going to public school and stuff. I wanted Leah's school life to feel a little bit more something you would see in an urban environment and stuff Mm. and just hanging out in the city and everything versus, like, a lot of cartoons over here where it's like, yeah... It's a suburban high school that I can't relate to at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very interesting. I did not put that together, but I'm also from New York. I also grew up there. And now that you say that, I definitely could see where there is definitely that more, I guess, realistic school environment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, a lot of Magical Girl stories, especially if they're set in Japan, are going to have like a more Japanese like realistic for Japan kind of school environment. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think that's very interesting. Obviously, having different settings is just as important as having different varieties of characters as well. Mm-hmm. But I definitely could see that, you know, it's a very much like I read this and I thought, oh, yeah, this looks like, well, I didn't think about New York specifically, but this like looks like an urban city. Like there is definitely a whole variety of characters represented in just this short story so far. So that was good. <laughs> uh, who would you say is the target audience for Princess Love Pond? Okay, so this is the thing where people always ask me that, and I'm like, I didn't really make it <laughs> with the target audience. And I like to say that Princess Love Pond, I kind of made it in mind for like, like who I was when I was like 14 years old, you know? Hmm. So I feel like people around that age would probably enjoy it the most because mm-hmm. that's kind of when you really start feeling 
more insecure or or curious about you know having feelings for someone and stuff like that so I feel like love pond would really touch you know that age group more Hmm. but I have people of all ages that really enjoyed reading it from like the really young little kids Mm -hmm. to you know older audiences and with my work I always try to keep it you know, reasonably clean. Mm -hmm. My thing is I want to be able to touch on topics that need to be talked about, but I want to talk about it in a way that, you know, even younger kids could read and understand it, you know? Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Have you been able to talk to younger readers of the comic? Yeah, I have. I've done, like, guest classes, like, I think as young as first grade or kindergarten, like around Ooh, there, wow. I read the comic to them, which is always really fun because you always see like the girls are just like, oh, and then the boys are just like really confused. Like, should I like this? It's really pink. And it's like, no, <laughs> you can like it. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Pink is for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I agree. That must have been really, really exciting to see very directly the effect on kids. Yeah, and then um, I also used to do a lot of anime conventions and stuff. Like, not for, like, the last two or so years. But... Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course that goes for everybody, I guess. So I used to uh, sell Princess Love Pun there and everything. So mm. I had a lot of people who, like, regardless if I super, like, announced that I was going to be there or not, like, people would still find me. Which mm-hmm. I guess isn't so hard because my table is always like really bright and really pink. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they'll stop by and then they'll be like, wait, I think I know this comic. Wait, mm-hmm. you draw this. And that's always like been like so amazing, you know, because mm-hmm. like, again, when I started Princess Love Pond, it was just, I want to do comic jobs. So I need to draw a comic, you know, to show that I could draw comics. And mm-hmm. this sounds fun for me. And sure. I have had people at my table crying, just grateful that it exists at all, mm. being able to like see a character that looks like them, who acts like them, you know, because Leah, she loves anime and she loves cute stuff. She dresses like really cute, but, mm-hmm. you know, she's also a dark skinned black girl, which you don't see them being shown as, you know, cute and being in pink and everything Mm -hmm. you know like I never expected it to touch people like that so it was like wow like I'm really grateful that so many people have read it yeah that's really great (laughs) I've been trying to remember like because I certainly remember hearing about the comic I Mm -hmm. unfortunately was not able to get the time to actually read honestly most magical girl web comics until like this year but I do remember hearing about it like pretty early on and just seemed like this kind of very clear established thing because it looks so distinct and everyone's like, yeah, this is a, this is a the next, you know, Magical Girl series. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So definitely I was excited to finally like sit down and read it. And But that being said, you have not worked on the comic or you have not at least released pages in quite some time. So I was wondering more about that and like what's happening there. Are we going to see more of it in the future? (laughs) 
Yeah, so this has always been kind of like a tough one for me. Like, <laughs> on one hand, yeah, so I did start Princess La Pond to get like jobs doing comics, and mm-hmm. that part actually worked out. Yeah. I have two book deals with one publisher called mm-hmm. First Second. And I also have another book deal with Scholastic, which I never imagined I would ever be working with Scholastic. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, well, do you think it's magical girls? And then on the other hand, I don't know if I've ever like been like super honest about like my feelings having worked on Princess Lepon. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, I, you know, I deal with a lot of anxiety and I feel like at a certain point with Princess Lepon taking off the way that it did, that I just kind of was like overwhelmed <laughs> with it. And I was yeah. just like, oh my gosh, like there's all these people that are looking at my comic now and I can't disappoint anyone. Mm. And I kind of was just like really paralyzing. Oh, sure. Yeah. So it got to a point where it's like, I really love working on my comic. But also my comic doesn't really feel like mine anymore. And mm. you know, like the brain does weird stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> sure, sure. I still love the story for it. I have like a lot of ideas, you know, with how it goes and ends. And there's so much other themes and topics that I had planned to touch on in my story Mm -hmm. with queer identity and dealing with depression and like friendships just falling apart. Hmm. Like, how do you navigate all of that as a teenager? Sure. And you're trying to like save the world and stuff like that. <laughs> so <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah, this is something that I talk with my agent about currently. Like, what should I do with Princess Lepon? Because even though I haven't touched it in, in so long, like people, you know, they still contact me about it. And I've heard from my agent that people are like, oh, we're really interested in doing something with those. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> But it's one of those things where I'm just like, do I want to like just keep this for myself and like self-publish it as a, a new webcomic or if I want to take it to a publisher and like retool the story so it's like a shorter one graphic novel or, or maybe like a two book series or something like that. Hmm. So I want to say that you probably will see Princess Lopan again in some form because it's definitely on my to-do list of books that I want to do. That makes a lot of sense. It's if it's, you know, your private thing, your self-published thing, that's definitely going to have to be on the back burner compared to like actual work that earns you money. So that makes perfect sense to me too. So can you tell us more about what you're working on now? Are these also magical girl stories? One of them is a little bit, yes. So one of the books, first, first, second, is a book illustrated about the civil rights movement and, um, Montgomery, Alabama, with a bus boycott. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that one is really what took like a big chunk of my time. It was mm-hmm. the hardest book that I ever drew so far, and emotional, <laughs> and sure. just completely out of my element because I love to draw cute, happy stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also in the midst of writing. A graphic memoir which is going to be about online dating as a young preteen 
who writes fanfics online. So I kind of want to give it like a bit of a anime magical girl sort of influence with how I tell the story. So I'm really excited to work on that next. Mm. With Scholastic, I have my Mimi books, which you could probably find online if you search Mimi and Penelope um, with Scholastic. So that one's an early reader's graphic novel series. So it's meant for like kids first to third graders mm. and so it's very simple it's like it's basically like my first comic okay and Mimi kind of takes inspiration from stuff like Creamy Mommy oh, great. and Pinky Momo like I just I love the idea of like a girl who could use her magic just to like change her outfits and transform and be like I want to be this today mm. so Mimi has her best friend Penelope which is a magical talking toy dog and she uses Penelope's magic to change her outfits and play pretend as she explores her feelings and desires in that story. Hmm. I'm really, really excited. The first book for that one comes out next summer, 2022. Okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> that's very exciting. I found some art from it. It looks super cute. I can definitely <laughs> see you. more of an 80s influence in the style. So <laughs> it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, so that's definitely something that we can also look forward to for sure. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to talk about with uh, Princess Lafon in terms of like the the story and or characters or anything like that? Yeah. So one of my favorite things that I wanted to do with Princess Lafon was the relationship between Leah, Rachel and Lewis mm -hmm. and I kind of like set the groundwork to show that Rachel does have like issues with Leah and Lewis kind of like feeling each other out and everything mm. but also I don't necessarily want it to be like oh is Rachel jealous of Leah because she has Lewis mm -hmm. because it could also be like maybe Rachel is irritated that Lewis has Leah's attention yeah. in the story. Honestly, it's, it's one of those things that Rachel kind of like has to figure out in herself. What exactly is it that she's having issues with on top of everything else going in her life? Because mm -hmm. Leah's like, oh, Rachel's like really, really smart and everything. But also Rachel's like always like really tired because she stays up really, really late playing video games and everything mm -hmm. and you know there's stuff that goes on in her home life and everything mm. and then Leah has this big secret that she's not telling anybody mm -hmm. eventually her secret does come out and it does like have consequences you know because like is it okay to like keep secrets from your best friends yeah yeah I really like their dynamic and then with Lewis as well when I was trying to develop him, I wanted him to be a bit different, you know, like, uh, it feels so weird to like, it feels like a bit of a stereotype, but I kind of wanted him to be like a little more boyish, I guess. I don't know. But he came out a lot more soft. And I really, really love him for it. You know, <laughs> like, he's just like a really soft, sweet person, you know, mm. and his thing is once he and Leah start going out and you know those secrets do like come to the surface it's like how does he act does he act you know what's natural to him or 
does he start trying to change himself because he feels like he's supposed to be fitting this role that society says he should fit you know meanwhile his girlfriend's out there trying to save the world like Mm -hmm. how does that make him feel (laughs) Mm, yeah that's very interesting i know that's definitely something that comes up you know sometimes with magical girls most of the time they're dating boys and they're they have to have that discussion with their boyfriends i guess about that (laughs) yeah (laughs) there are a lot of different ways that that can go of course but yeah i think that sounds really interesting and also in particular i wanted to ask because the where you have the comic Mm -hmm. so far it's like the middle of chapter four i know (laughs) (laughs) something it was like something big like just happened and so It just feels like this incredible cliffhanger, but I don't know if that was, like, your intention. (laughs) It wasn't my intent at all to stop there. I'm so sorry, guys. (laughs) Okay, okay. So I will say there is another character. Like I said before, there was, like, there's more magical characters. Mm -hmm. And one of them is, you know, supposed to be the Wistful Prince. And they become Leah's, like, magical rival. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I want it to be kind of like um, a situation that can show that even though Leah is out here as Princess Lovepon trying, you know, to fight for love and justice, but also she's not completely innocent herself, you know, because she's mm-hmm. trying to date Lewis, but also as her magical persona, this other person is like really confusing her after a while. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It all ties together at the end where it's just basically the whole theme of the book is that, you know, good and evil isn't something that exists separately, you know, like, it's all mixed together. You have to take mm. the good with the bad and so on. But yeah, I, I'm definitely going to finish the story. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't mentioned yet, but her mascot, Honey, is one of the cutest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and so the story has kind of stopped at this point where there's now like basically another version of this mascot. Yes. And it's just like so mysterious. <laughs> yeah, even Leah herself is questioning what's going on. So Yes, yes. That character is named Lemon. <laughs> so you have like a little oh. sweet and sour. But gotcha. yeah. <laughs> I really like honey. I really like writing honey. I like to imagine her as kind of like Luna, like if you remember the old mm-hmm. English dubs where Lena had like that English posh voice. Oh, sure. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. So Honey yeah. is kind of like super focused on just good and just getting mm. the job done. And even though they are this fairy of light and love and, you know, they're like encouraging love pun to like save the day and stuff, it doesn't necessarily mean that honey itself is like honey's not bad but honey's also just kind of like so focused on what needs to be done that it it can kind of feel bad you know like it doesn't understand Mm -hmm. 
Leah's feelings like all the time about things and mm. stuff. So um, I guess you can say there's a, like a little tinge of Madoka Magica. <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously, a lot of mascots come from like a literal other world. So that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it could be like, but Honey is not necessarily going to be super concerned with like Leah's love life for example because it's not something that it has to think about yeah and then that's like another thing Leah has to come to terms with is she likes being a magical girl like but also is it fair to yourself to put everybody ahead of your own self Yeah, I agree. I definitely see that, as you had said before, the whole discussion of depression and so on definitely feels very manifested in this story in a way that I think could be even just helpful for especially like a younger audience to help envision these things. Because I mean, of course, teenagers especially, but sometimes even younger Mm -hmm. kids can end up dealing with these feelings and not really knowing how to deal with them if that makes sense yeah (laughs) yeah it's just so cute and fun and I really do hope that you get the chance to explore the story more I mean I would say ideally in a way that helps you to get paid so you can (laughs) you know you don't have to give us all this you know free work (laughs) and since you you have the chance now I think I think it would be good to see this actually printed somewhere and however many issues it takes, I think it would be really fun to, Absolutely. to be able to buy and read and hold and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely, <laughs> definitely my dream to like see it on a bookshelf eventually. And I'm going to make that happen for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like so happy like people are still talking about it. Like I feel so, so grateful and like... Hmm. You know, it was so nice, like, when you reached out to do this podcast about my webcomic, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, they're still reading it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, there are still some corners of the internet out there where people have not discovered this yet. And so once they check it out, I always see the same reaction immediately, like, oh my God, it's so cute. She's so cute. The art is so cute. You know, I'm sure many of our uh, listeners will have already read this comic because like you said you know it it really reached so many people but you know for anyone who hasn't read it yet they definitely need to to check it out yeah (laughs) (laughs) I did want to ask about one aspect I thought that was very interesting Mm -hmm. is the kissing oh like like when she kisses like the hearts and everything or just like yeah just every like oh what's up with Yeah, it's not about like the romance, but mm-hmm. like when people are in this dark space, mm-hmm. as Princess Love Pond, she kisses them uh, as part of their healing. So I was kind of wondering about that choice. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Gosh, let's see. I really wanted to like, kind of emphasize being there for somebody else and, you know, an affection you know, not necessarily like romantic affection or sexual affection mm-hmm. or anything, because like, at least like for me, it was pretty normal to like mm-hmm. kiss a friend or a family member and, you know, a very platonic yeah. sort of way. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, being that she was this envoy of love, I felt like the kiss was like a good representation of love. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, anything 
deeper than like I care for you and I'm here for you in this moment yeah definitely I just think it's very interesting because this is definitely I think something that probably would not happen in a Japanese series because in Japan kissing is still a very private thing and also a very romantic thing but uh, I definitely do see that in this context I did get that feeling that this was just a platonic kiss that she is giving these people but I thought that was a very interesting choice for sure okay <laughs> actually no I just said that and then I just realized that there is kissing kind of in the magical boy series that came out this year fairy Maru, but that is definitely very different oh. <laughs> from Princess Lupin. Yeah, that's definitely more, not, I guess, kind of sexualized a little bit, but it's like definitely a very different context than these kisses. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a very curious choice. I wanted to know a little bit more about that. So thank you. <laughs> so I guess as we're winding down here, I wanted to ask you our final question that we ask every guest, which is, Shana, what is your magical persona? <laughs> okay, so like right now, I guess my magical persona is like this little character that in my head I call like lovely Shasha or pretty Shasha. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just like imagine myself really, really chubby and like a uh, sailor fuku. <laughs> okay, just like okay. really, really simple, like just super, super simple, which is. I don't know why it's so simple with it, but like, I feel like I live my life as a magical girl in general, Mm. though, so. (laughs) Sure, I think that that definitely makes a lot of sense. I mean, last I checked, do you still have pink hair? (laughs) Yeah, it's actually just blonde now. (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have your different colored hair. And from what I've seen, you definitely keep that aesthetic for sure. So that checks out, I think. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, you spend so much of your life feeling like you have to be like this way or that way and everything. And I don't know how it was for you, but I know like for me growing up, it was like I loved like really cute stuff. And then after a certain point, Mm -hmm. it's like, no, I don't really like pink. Like who likes that? I love purple. And then Mm -hmm. I reached adulthood, like a switch just flipped in me. And I'm just like, actually, I love pink. I love cute. I need my life to be this. (laughs) (laughs) That definitely happened to me as well. I had um, in high school, I had like an all black phase and just wore nothing but black all the time, cargo pants and a lot of Hot Topic. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I dyed my hair a bunch of colors. Did I have pink? Uh, sometimes I had pink in high school. But my favorite color in high school was green, not pink. It was like very much trying to go against the grain, I suppose. But yeah. yeah, by college, I was like, uh, no, let's just do all the pink and <laughs> colorfulness and flowers and so on. So yeah. I definitely I definitely feel the same way. Yeah. But it makes <laughs> yeah. sense because, you know, society is very like, oh, pink is girly and girly is like, you know, it's weak or oh, you're just mm. like a Barbie doll and, you know, who wants to be that? Like being feminine or, you know, liking stereotypical like feminine stuff isn't good. 
and everything yeah. like even if you identify as a girl it's still you know it doesn't feel great mm-hmm. and it's like people should be able to like whatever they want to like it doesn't mean that they're lesser mm-hmm. you know and that's why I princess lokan kind of like just shoves pink and cuteness and kindness and everything right at you yes. because i wanted to show like you know you can be pink and in a fluffy skirt and like shooting hearts out of your wand or you know kissing a monster and you know you could still be strong like there's nothing lesser about that definitely and i think that's something that magical girls give us a lot for sure yes yeah it's great yeah <laughs> <laughs> and yes, your the website for the comic is definitely very aggressively pink. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a mood. <laughs> Great. So thank you again for coming on to Sparkleside Chats. Where can people find you online and how can they support Princess Love Pond and your other work? My website is shanadraws.com and you can read Princess Love Pond at princesslovepawn.com um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Shauna Draws and Instagram at Shauna Draws Cute and I also have a tea public. my username there is Shauna Draws as well hmm. look out for me I will be releasing a lot of books in the next year hmm. and I'm really really excited and I'm super excited to do more magical girl stories in the future yeah it sounds great uh do you have an official release date for Mimi and Penelope summer of 2022 and I believe the second book is probably going to come out the following winter hmm. yeah they do all this stuff like super in advance <laughs> yeah of course of course but yeah that's great so we can look forward to that in the future <laughs> thank you so much for having me here though yeah it was super fun talking to you about princess love Pond. it's really very exciting and i think everyone should read it Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. Please subscribe, rate, and review if you like it, and don't forget to tell your friends about the show if you think they'd be interested. If you use social media, don't forget to use the hashtag SparkleSideChats when talking about and sharing the podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MagicalGirlAyu, spelled A-Y-U, and you can find me at Ayushinos, A-Y-U-S-H-E-K-N-O-W-S. You can also email us at sparklesidechats at gmail.com. Let us know if there's a topic you want covered or a fan or creator you want to hear from by filling out the form in the show notes. Show notes can be found on your platform of choice or at anchor.fm slash sparkleside. You can also join the Discord for this podcast to talk about Magical Girls 24-7, often chatting directly with me and both previous and upcoming guests of the podcast. You can find a public link to the Discord after each episode is released, or if it's not working anymore, feel free to DM. If you can support the podcast financially, you can find me a coffee at ko-fi.com slash ayushinos. 
With Kofi membership, you can get bonus content, announcements about episode topics, and your name read aloud on the podcast. Another way to support us one time is by buying something off of the Amazon Japan wishlist. This helps with getting more access to Magical Girl content that we can discuss in future episodes. Feel free to purchase from the used section as we are not picky here. Original podcast music is by Hazel. You can find her on Twitter at a few bruises. Thanks again for listening, and remember, you are magical.